war in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now, it is 12.06 on this uh, Monday. You're listening to... To the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. I want to welcome everybody in who's watching our uh, live simulcast. Folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. You know, this week, especially with all the rain we had last night, boy, that was loud thunder. Wow, was that heavy rain last night. My goodness, folks. But the good news is, the ground is wet and it's ready. And the, the weather, you know, it's a little muggy, but it's actually, I just heard the forecast, quite enjoyable out. PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Stop and see everything they have available. Annuals, perennials, trees and shrubs, hanging pots, 10-inch, 12-inch moss baskets, hang impatience, large selection, beautiful patio pots, vegetable plants and herbs, tropical mandevillas, hibiscus plants, screen lewin mulch. Are available pickup and delivery. Mulches are dark, honey black, and hemlock crushed stone. Full scale nursery. Everything you need to make your home a showstopper. Gift certificates are available. Folks, they're open seven days a week. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Stop it and see them. Share them. Uh, especially Father's Day coming up this weekend. They have some nice, unique gifts. Folks, stop it and see them. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Well, folks, uh, it's 1208 in the Ocean State. It's Monday. It is June 13th. Again, good afternoon. One and all, it's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I want to welcome everybody uh, tuning in who is uh, watching us. Also, our uh, Facebook Live page. So we do the, the live stream. Again, the 12 noon report or noon report. Um. And uh, we'll touch on um, on some of the the various things that are in the news. Now, the gun legislation in Rhode Island is really being um, kicked in. And uh, the legislation, as you saw last week, get passed in the House. Um, I don't know enough. We are going to talk with someone with the Second, the second Amendment 2A PAC who they're doing the best. It's not easy at the state house. It's not easy when you're you're dealing with, you know, it's there's a lot of politics involved with this. Um, and then folks also, I, I just want to address, I just got an email. Uh, let's see, uh, this has to do with last hour. I believe if we would get off our behinds, get to the polls, mail-in ballots would be useless. That's how it's supposed to be. Um, I, I don't, you know, I, I disagree with that. Um, I think that's in response to uh, last hour when I was explaining the, the voting. I don't think you're anyone that says that. And again, I'm not trying to knock folks. If you want to send me a direct email, go to the website, dipetro.com. I don't know how else to explain that, you know, the, the problem is people not voting. It's, it's the amount of votes and how it is shifted now. Um, like I said, in, in 2020, right, the last election, 65% of the votes were cast before the polls opened on election day. Now, these aren't really mail ballots per se. I mean, they're not the mail ballots that, that we're used to. These types of ballots are being counted in real time. Now, I want to say this. I, I do see and feel that the Republican leaders in the state, in my opinion, have really let down the people. And I'm going to go back to that press conference. Uh, she's popular, but that state senator, Jessica De La Cruz, I don't know how else to describe it. They dropped the ball. They had a press conference about voting and, uh, you know, they, they were unprepared for it. You can't. That was a, a golden opportunity that was blown in the Senate. They're not making they're not dealing in real time. But the email I just got from someone that still thinks that people need to get to the polls, you're, you're, not, you're not looking at the numbers. In 2020, it was 65% of the people voted before the polls opened on election day. And then 35% voted on, on election day. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, and I'll put this in print, in, in the September primary, it's shifting 
to 75. I, I'm telling you right now, I predict it's going to shift 75-25, meaning 75% of the votes will be cast before the polls open on September 13th. So what I mean by that, the person that just emailed me, you, you're missing the point. I mean, you're, it's it's the equivalent of like day late and a dollar short. It You're missing the boat that the elections are being decided before the polls open. You can't have this legislation. What Rhode Island is allowing of voting is not allowed in other states. I want to repeat that. What Rhode Island is doing with voting is not allowed in other states. But a big problem, I think, is the Republican Party has failed to make a convincing argument um, that that press conference with uh, State Senator Jessica De La Cruz and GOP um, Chairwoman Susie Yankee, where they started talking about Buddy Cianci and mail ballots from the 80s. That was embarrassing. It was a pivotal moment. <coughs> it was um, it was people that were not prepared for the press. They were prepared for their own press conference. I wasn't there, so I don't know why. The only one quoted was, in fact, uh, GOP chairwoman Susie Yankee. I can tell you that my op-ed to the Providence Journal certainly rattled them, and they were reacting to it. But you, you can't just say, well, we got steamrolled over, right, in the General Assembly. Um, you're not employing tactics that could be successful. You're not making the argument that's going to stop them in their tracks. And now Governor McKee signed it into legislation. So, you know, this election coming up, I want to be very clear. I'm not convinced this affects, it does affect somewhat the local, your local election. But what this really impacts is the statewide elections. So, but I want to talk about, so the gun bills passed in the House, up at the Rhode Island State House. And now the question is, are they going to pass? The real question, are they going to pass in the Senate? So again, I want to come back to, you, you can't, I, I completely agree with people that say, you know, it's it's not fair because if you take out what happened in Texas, they're just reacting to that. All of that is true. All of that is absolutely true. Um, but the problem is it, it still just doesn't, you know, stop the the momentum in the politics that are going right now. So I want to talk to we're going to bring on uh, Glenn Valentine, who um, was folks joining us on the line right now. And he is with the two A pack and it is Glenn Valentine. Good afternoon, Glenn. Hey, John, how you doing? Very well. Well, Glenn, uh, first of all, I want to recap uh, the end of what happened last week and then it was Thursday and Friday and then where do things stand this week as far as the state senate well, so there were three bills that went before the House committee uh, for consideration, which passed. Um, it was extending, uh, basically, ca- uh, putting a, uh, you can't purchase a long gun uh, at, under the age of 21. Uh, magazine capacity reduced to 10 rounds. Probably really all magazines based on the way it's sort of written in an ambiguous way. And then it was a prohibition on long guns in public. And so those three passed the committee on, on Tuesday, went for a full floor vote on Friday and I'm sorry, full full vote on Friday um, were voted I think it was the vote was 41 to 25 um, floor amendments were, were they, there was some issues with floor amendments we thought they would maybe grandfather some of the magazines so it passed committee house last week full house heads to the senate tomorrow for the judiciary uh, consideration um, those same three bills and then if they pass uh, that we'll, later in the week we'll probably see a full floor vote and it could be law within you know the next week and a half um and Glenn, let's just touch on, you know, there was, especially when it came to the magazines, there were Democrats that, you know, broke off and did vote with Republicans. That was probably one of the larger, if you want to say it, bipartisan, but but bipartisan votes. But sure. now people need to understand the the Senate makeup. Um, I, I believe in the past that Senate President Dominic Ruggiero has been... You know, seemingly common sense and been respectful of the two-way uh, um, gun lobby. It, it just um, in the pack. It, it would just seem that the national headwinds of what happened in Texas are overriding a lot of common sense laws and especially local concerns. 
Exactly. So we have different laws in Texas. So when you see them pushing this narrative that we, we need to ban assault weapons, we need to define virtually everything as an assault weapon, we need to ban magazine capacity and confiscate the ones that you already own. You know, we have different laws. So Rhode Island has front-loaded the law with ways to stop people, bad people from getting guns. It's worked in the state. We have the lowest gun deaths per capita than, I think, 48, 48, 49 other states. So, you know, we're doing a good job at that. And, but the national narrative with the sort of progressive-leaning legislators or the progressive-leaning uh, senators and representatives, uh, they're pushing this narrative. They're pushing the Democratic Party further and further to the left. So it's not even about guns. They don't care about public safety, or at least they know these bills don't address that. They don't address school safety. So they're pushing the Senate president, and he's, I think, upside down as far as, you know, progressive-leaning members. So it's just a push, you know, for to, to move the, the party further to the left. And, and, you know, so we see a lot of moderate Democrats that support us over the years. Those numbers have dwindled. And, you know, it's just, it's just again, this progressive push. So it, it has nothing to do with guns. But, you know, we do have quite a few uh, moderate allies in the Democratic Party and certainly the Republicans. But just, you know, in the House, we didn't, we came short. And in the Senate, if it passes the committee, I, you know, it will sail through the Senate, you know, the full vote on the Senate floor. Again, folks, we speak with Glenn Valentine, and you know, Glenn, the the work of the two way pack. It's not easy. See, um, it, it's tough when you're dealing with the national headwinds. If anything, Glenn, hopefully, the only good that could come out of this would be if somehow this motivated some people to decide to get in the game, run for office, challenge some of these individuals. But it's um, at the same time, I like how you're realistic that if if they're gonna in some ways, if they're going to let this get out of committee to a floor vote, it's it's highly unlikely that it would be defeated. Correct, and the, the, the floor makeup is is stacked against us with you know with the people that sponsored the bill alone. I, I I don't think there's a way we can stop that. And the governor is certainly willing to uh, sign on to this. And I but I think you raised a good point about you know maybe this is where it certainly will be a, a very uh, it'll be a. a a wake-up moment for a lot of folks, and we're starting to see now. The last couple of weeks, it's kind of trickled in that the that the the leaders in the unions, NEA and, and AFL CIO, uh, pushed the leadership in the state house to put these bills out. And now we're seeing folks, whether they're firemen, police officers, teachers, state workers, uh, they're upset with the fact that they were not asked. I'm a teacher; I wasn't pulled by the NEARI. So this is sort of like Pat Crowley's push uh, wow. to move again to move things further to the left. And yeah. so we've got a lot of fire. I mean, a lot of police officers that, that normally support a lot of these folks that I think the, 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 the election, the general and the, and the primary elections are certainly going to be influenced by what happens with these bills because they, they, they didn't, folks could, cannot even, they, 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 what these bills actually do is what I'm trying to say is, is, uh, is just far outside of what people thought they did. And so these firemen, police officers, teachers, whoever it is, they, they realize that these things are, are going to confiscate their property, not just limit what you can and can't do, but literally confiscate your property. Folks, again, we're sweet with Glenn Valentine. Glenn, I also just want to repeat to you, and I've, I've kind of said this, but, um, you know, for instance, on Saturday, they had a big rally at the State House, and they bring in, you know, these mothers that their children, uh, young sons, um, you know, teenagers, early 20s, killed by gun violence in this city of Providence. Something they never address is this element of see something, say something, because Providence police have told me most of the shootings majority of the shootings in the city of providence they're targeted if anything they gang slash drug related but they've told me 50 percent of the homicides in providence could be solved if family or friends would cooperate and talk to law enforcement and glenn you never see any type of real push such as you know let's all take the pledge and you know you sign on that if you know someone that was killed by handgun violence that you'll speak to the police and tell there's never a push on that and the violence that people hear and see about and read about in, in providence these laws will have zero impact on any of these bills at third island state house Right, and I think it, it goes beyond what you just said about people actually actively engaging with law enforcement to help solve these things. I think a lot of the, the again, the progressive push to really demonize law enforcement to where people don't want to cooperate and go out of their way to not cooperate because they, they 
we're teaching young kids, you know, that, that we shouldn't have resource officers in schools and we, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't cooperate with police, uh, you know, because the police are the enemy. Well, if that's the attitude that you have, then police, you know, the morale of police, and we've seen this all over the country where, you know, they're starting to look the other way because it's not worth, you know, th- having that negative engagement on things that maybe are not, you know, serious issues in, in, in their city. But those small things, those lesser serious things turn into bigger things, you know, so it doesn't get to, you know, you don't go from being just some average, you know, person to committing heavy duty crimes. Like, I think a lot of the, we, we're turning our, our, you know, blind eye to things like the motorcycles in the cities and all the ridiculous things that you've seen happen over the years. And it's escalating now. It's, it's escalated. It's escalated to gunfire. And, you know, we know based on some of the, the criminal past of these folks that perpetrate these acts, they don't go from just, you know, 12th grader in high school to murderer, you know, the year after they graduate. I mean, they, they, they start off with smaller gun charges and they don't, they don't lean into these kids when they commit these acts. And then it escalates to, to, to a murder. Every, you, you I shouldn't say every single one, but a lot of the, the majority, certainly, of folks that have been caught and have murdered someone with a firearm have previous gun charges. Yes. So for the AG to say, you know, that poor kid who got his throat slit in, in, in Newport a couple of couple of years ago, a couple of summers ago, the poor kid died. Um, the, the, uh, he was picked up on a gun charge two weeks before in, in Middletown. He should, he should have never been you know, out on bail, uh, but, you know, it's the advocates for, for, the, for the no bail and all that nonsense. I mean, yeah, maybe no bail if you're caught with, you know, stealing, stealing magazines or whatever, or cigarettes, but not someone who's taken someone's life or, or is, 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 is uh, you know, is in possession of a deadly weapon. Yeah. But, that story doesn't sell with progressives. They, 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 they're trying to make this connection between, you know, these suburban gun owners and rural gun owners that are lawful and now, you know, pushing this narrative that is just extremely popular with their sort of liberal constituents. So yeah, it's, that it's was, a political. It's a, it is. It is, Glenn. And that was actually yeah. last Memorial Day. I'm familiar with that case. That kid, right. um, he was 17. He brought a, a loaded handgun to a party in Middletown, a high school party. Right. Um, boy, I would love to see it if there's someone that would try to add an amendment that 17-year-olds that are caught with a handgun, that they have to be tried automatically as adults. Um, you know, I'd love to see them include that because so many times... It's in Providence. They just get a slap on the wrist, and then they're 18, and they have a, a clean record as an adult. Well, listen, right. so it's it's tomorrow at the State House, the Senate Judiciary, and then now it's waiting for the um, the Senate full vote, Could as you said, sure. could come as early as Thursday. Here's something that people need to understand before we let Glenn go. By the way, I think, Glenn, your third-grade teacher, uh, is that Mrs. Jaffrey, Kathy, Jerry? She was your uh, teacher in uh, okay, does that sound familiar yeah it does actually okay. yeah. she's writing I think I was his teacher I taught many of his Facebook friends in Cumberland Kathy J. Yep, that she's, was me that was that's me. you <laughs> so she's listening to the conversation um, oh my god yes but here's the thing Glenn so, not to throw you with your third grade teacher but um, sure. I, the second the 2A community and everyone here's the thing everyone at that state house whether it be Speaker Joe Sakachi, everyone no one should run unopposed. No one should run unopposed. All of those people, people at the state house, it doesn't matter the level of an opponent. If they have an opponent, an option for their fall election, it makes them more accountable. If we want to make the people up on Smith Hill more accountable to the voters, there has to be contested competitive elections. So everyone that's upset about this, you know, they need to go through the list and make sure that every single state senator and state rep, that they have an opponent in the November election, because that gets their attention more than anything else. Correct. And I think that, you know, a lot of these folks that run unopposed, it just allows them to continue to go further and further to one in one direction or the other. And unfortunately, in this state, it's further to the left. So, you know, you just have that to have that check every two years where, you know, someone could potentially run against you yes. and you're going to have to work to keep your seat. You know, so it's 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 we need folks to run for office. Not I mean, it's it's on every issue. It's on education. It's on public safety. You know, this is just one sort of cog in the wheel you know, in, in, in moving the state further and further to the sort of, you know, in the hands of the progressive left so absolutely folks need to step up and run for office and that declaration period is at the end of june so it's a very short window by design yes. so you know folks need to be aware of that yeah before i let you go now in new jersey the guy that took out the senate president he he ran because he was motivated he was so upset that they 
It had to do with his gun license. They wouldn't give him a gun license, so they gave him a hard time about concealed carry. By the way, just to finish up, it was it was your third grade teacher with was Kathy Hazinski. Kathy yes, I was going to say that. Right. I was like, I think she had it. She, I probably stole her detention. So if I do, have her message me. All right. It was a great one. Glenn, how's, is there a um, website? How can people learn more to get more involved with the 2A community? So, I mean, I also, I, I help run the Rhode Island Firearms Owners League, so they can go to uh, our page on Facebook with the Rhode Island Firearms Owners League. Um, they can look up, uh, we have a, 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 a regular web page, it's rifol.org, and also the Rhode Island Second Amendment Pack. So they can check out, normally social media is where we post most things that are happening actively. They can sign up for alerts and text messages and things like that. So, you know, when these things happen, you know, I know a lot of gun owners are shocked that this is happening. They weren't aware of it. It's just, you know, it's tough to get people motivated because not everybody sits there and monitors what the General Assembly is doing at every given moment. So, right. but, well, Glenn, good job. We're going to talk to you again. I'll talk to you again this week. Uh, Thank oh, you, yes, Glenn. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Take care. All right, folks, there it is. Glenn Valentine. I give him a lot of credit. Um, and thank you to his uh, teacher that was uh, sending me messages. Um, always good to have the, the full name that the student would have known on, um, not the married name, but whatever. Um, Folks, at 1227, thank you, Kathy, by the way, or Mrs. Hazinski, I guess I should say. Kathy Hazinski, who was Glenn's uh, third grade teacher. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show, you know, I want to remind you again about AtMed Urgent Care. So I hear from so many different people about how long they have to wait at a hospital emergency room. No longer with AtMed Urgent Urgent Care, two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston and 5750 Post Rhodes Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. Their services are diverse, wide ranging, but most importantly, seven days a week, they specialize in ambulatory medicine. So instead of waiting nine hours at Kent Hospital, instead of waiting 10 hours at Rhode Island Hospital Emergency Room, next time you have an emergency, Go to AtMed Urgent Care, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston, 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich. They have walk-in routine, urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic, trauma, work-related injuries. Not only that, if you have COVID, they have mononuclear antibody infusions. And it gets you right back on the track. At AtMed Urgent Care, physical exams, drug testing, uh, adult vaccinations, they do it all. Look for them online at atmedurgentcare.net. But stop it next time you have an emergency, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston, or 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. Well, folks, at uh, 1229, I, um, you know, it's tough. And, and right now... Uh, I am going to be writing about this a little bit. It's all reactionary. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by the Senadale Revival, 50, uh, 2025 Smith Street, North Providence. Tonight, Celtics, Golden State. Boy, the Celtics let that one get away on Friday night. That is too bad. They needed to close that one out. Uh, now it's a best of three series. But all the action will be on at Senadale Revival, 2025 Smith Street, North Providence. Delicious food, delicious drinks right across from... North Providence Town Hall. Um, you know, I liked talking to Glenn because one thing that he does recognize is, you know, you have to understand a lot of times things things don't come up. <clears throat> it's been a long time, I should say, <clears throat> since something hit the floor, either the Senate or the House at the Rhode Island State House. If it was not already going to be passed, if they already didn't have the votes in to lock it, to lock it down. So in that way, um, you have to understand that the, the power that Speaker Sakachi has, Speaker Joe Sakachi, and the power that Senate President Dominic Ruggiero has. You know, they're, they're not bringing things to the floor now for a full floor vote until... By and large, it's then just rubber stamped. It's it's highly unusual. I'd have to even go back and find out when was the last time that they were trying and then there was opposition to it. Now, committee is different. Sometimes things can, 
you know, it's the same thing. If sometimes things get buried in committee, that's because once it gets out of committee, then it goes for the floor, full vote. And, and also, um, it's important for people to realize how it works. So you have the House and then you have the Rhode Island Senate. And so both, you know, have to mirror and then have to get out of House Judiciary, then Senate Judiciary, then pass House floor vote, then Senate floor vote uh, after it gets on its Senate Judiciary. And then it goes to, you know, Governor McKee to be signed. So there, there is time. But by and large, it's my understanding that, um, okay, well, then I don't know why it says Jerry. <laughs> It was Helsinki then. Oh, okay. Maybe that's an old message I'm looking at. Okay. Um, folks, you have to, you know, it's very, very frustrating. And, and they're in such a political climate right now that, uh, you know, I, I've been told that these bills were supposedly going nowhere. And then because of the Texas shooting, they all get worked up. But I think it's, I think it's disingenuous. I think it's, it's, um, it's all politics. And this is the progressives bringing heavy heat, heavy power to the locals. Um, I also, I, I think the, the two-way community, of which I'm a, a proud member, I, um, it, it, it's not fear with what's going on. It's not your imagination. You know, the local media, they're, they're fully on board with it. I find many times with social media that local media are often running almost like interference. You know, there was a, a local reporter that was mentioning, I guess there was a breakfast this morning, and someone was praising Jim Langevin and saying, you know, he boy, he makes it happen for the business community. Congressman Langevin, uh, boy, he he's just a big friend of the business community. You know, again, R- Rhode Island's ranked 50th on CNBC for unfriendly states. Texas is the number one state in the country to do business. Rhode Island was ranked dead last. So, you know, Langevin is a friend of the business community. Well, he's not a very good friend, that's for sure, because we're dead last. And then when I mentioned that, it was a local reporter said, oh, no, 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 we're 46, not 50th. Oh, excuse me, Alaska and Hawaii moved up, and they were actually more difficult to do business with than Rhode Island. Somehow Rhode Island got from 50 to 46. That's, oh boy, well then that should solve all the problems. You know, there's no mention the fact that you have a governor who's the subject of an FBI probe who, you know, and that never helps helps any situation like that. But this situation at the State House, folks, I, um, you know what else I, I didn't get into with uh, Glenn Valentine of the, the Second Amendment, but I, I didn't get into it with him, but something else Again, I, I try to be supportive of those at the State House. I try to be supportive of those, the Republicans that are at the State House, both the, Repub- uh, the, the House side and the, the Senate side. But something that I don't think they, they made enough noise about is Rhode Island redistricting. Because the census, they committed census fraud. Hear me out. This is important. As we know, Rhode Island to the highest level officials lied about the makeup of the state. And they caught them, but John Marion, who's basically in codes with them, he guided them through and said, no, if you lie and they catch you, there's nothing they can do. But the real damage here, and this is important, and hear me out at 1235, the real damage here is the reps, and I've said this before, but the Republican Party of Rhode Island, I'm not trying to throw everything into their lap, but if they don't take the ball on a lot of things, it just doesn't go anywhere, right? It's not, you know, there's a break off between a good government group or just, a, you know, a political commentator or whoever. But the cities of Providence, Pawtucket, Central Falls, they, they have too much power at the state house. And at, at the state house, they did redistricting, but they based it off the census. And the census was fraud. So hear me out. <clears throat> if, if this process was fair, Providence, Pawtucket, they should have less reps at the state house. They are overly represented. 
and they always vote for the progressive causes. There are more people now living outside of the urban center, right? There are more people. Providence has too many representatives at the state house because they don't have as many as those people living there as was misrepresented. They moved out. They moved other places. You know, think of different pockets of the state that just in the last 10 years you've seen a plaza go in, shopping centers go in, developments go in. But they're not getting the proposition. And, and the, the problem with that is, just to circle around, is if, if they did have proper representation, it would balance things out a little bit more at the state house. And you'd probably get people that are more akin to support and go along with the 2A community than the progressive causes. Providence, Pawtucket, they have way too much power at the state house. You know, I remember, whatever, more than 20 years ago, <coughs> moving back to uh, Rhode Island from New York. I couldn't believe what all the power, right? The Speaker Harwood, he was from Pawtucket. Uh, Lynch ran the Democrat Party. He was from Pawtucket. I'm like, how does Pawtucket have all this power at the Rhode Island State House? It's ridiculous. Providence, you know, Providence does a double. They, all their reps are given city jobs. And then they're up there constantly just advocating for the city. And they have too much representation up there. Um, I don't know what's going to break it. I don't know how this is going to break. But I also, Glenn said something that was really important. I don't think the media has done enough to highlight the difference. Not not all the media. Um, some media, I again, I think Kathy Gregg, the Providence Journal, has done a pretty good job, but they don't do enough to highlight how different we are than a state like Texas when it comes to gun laws. Our laws are very, very different. We have red flag laws. We have that. Texas doesn't have that. Certain states don't have that. Um, you know, Rhode Island has criminal background checks. Rhode Island has a seven-day waiting period. Rhode Island has the red flag laws. As someone that's acting radically and they're in possession of firearms, under the Rhode Island red flag, the police can go and and confiscate those weapons. Texas doesn't have that. But the people that are rallying at the Rhode Island State House, the people that the, the kids that are walking out of class, the kids that are, you know, acting as statues and pawns and lying silent for 19 minutes for one minute for each child killed, they tell them that it's all the same. You know, they don't even tell them that actually our state is very different than the laws in Texas. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Jay's Broadway Appliance. Now, listen, this is a great time. As you know, it's going to be a hot summer. Stop by Jay's Broadway Appliance right now, and you could pick up, number one, maybe a nice new grill or an air conditioner. Great selection. They have a great selection of Weber grills on display, air conditioners for windows or built-in walls. For senior apartments or condos, don't forget great selection on washers, dryers, dishwashers, refrigerators, all your appliances. You deal directly with the owner. They're open Monday through Friday from 10 to 5, Saturday and Sunday by appointment. Their uh, business has since 1963, and it's evolved into a business. New generation of kitchen laundry appliances, beautiful cooking showroom. Jay's Broadway Appliance. Stop in and see them. Remember, pull right up to the front door. 47 Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5 in Smithfield. You can call them 401-949-7800. Look for them on Facebook. And then the website is jsjsappliance.com. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program, 1240 on this Monday, is brought to you by the Coesed Inn. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Delicious lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge. They are waiting for you. Great meal is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Now, as far as the J6 um, hearings in, in the committee. Um, oh, one more thing I wanted to actually touch on. So the Boston Globe has a big story about how Congress and his office, Congressman Cicilline, um <coughs> They love to feed them this stuff. So he gives this big speech saying, save the BS. 
when it comes to the constant your constitutional right, right? So listen, that inflamed um, a lot of people, as you can imagine. So immediately, the Cicilline people, they go to someone who'll write a story about it. In this case, it was the Boston Globe. Rhode Island Representative Cicilline, spare me the BS moment in gun debate sparks torrent of threats. So folks, they do a huge story. Now, they do this by design. Because Cicilline then sends this story out as a mechanism, as a means of fundraising. So they start playing and people are leaving messages and, you know, they're getting email. And because he said that in the wake of the shooting, um, the remark went viral. So the Cicilline people make available all the voicemails that are racist, homophobic and threatening. Uh, get your blank together, one person said, or I'll blank and kill you. If you run your mouth even more, I may slap your teeth out of your baby diaper face when you're out at dinner. We see you all the time when you're out. Uh, another one said, there's a voicemail. Now, you don't think we can find you in Pawtucket? You're going to get replaced. Now, these calls come from all over the country, right? And they're angry voicemails. Now, the voicemails also fill the slurs against black people, gay people, Italian people, Um you know, huge story. The Cicilline staff had to go into counseling because of this and the threats his office received. And it's because of Trump and everything. Folks, nothing written and actual threats. Judge Kavanaugh, there was a gunman in his neighborhood. And the New York Times buried it on page 20. Biden has yet to even mention it. Yet, boy, they go all in on some yahoos from all over the country are leaving voicemail for Cicilline. The other thing, this whole thing of like PVD Fest, I, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, I, let's good. If they can get people to go downtown uh, Providence and it's good for the business downtown, fine. But, you know, I, I'm not a fan of that stuff. A lot of inept Free outdoor festival. What does free tell you? You get the free crowd, right? If it's free, it's for me. It's like the water fire crowd. And it's, isn't this great? There's some people who are drunk dancing in the street. Like, how is, you know, whatever, though. If people want to do that, if they enjoy it, if somehow they, again, I'm all about if it can help the businesses in the city and, and helps them. You know, they have a good day to make money because the next cup to July and August can be tough months for the businesses in the city that really haven't recovered from the riot. Then then so be it. But, you know, everyone making such a big deal about it. Folks, the Providence Journal has a story about Governor McKee and uh, Joe Sakachi, the speaker, and Dominic Ruggiero, the Senate president. The Rhode Island budget. This is obscene. 13.6 billion budget. Now, granted, some of that is federal money. Folks, the real truth of this, the, the truth, truth, the real truth, you could probably, probably slice 3 billion out of that budget. So much of this is completely unnecessary. We are so overtaxed, and they are on such a run right now. I don't remember. I was telling someone that I, I don't remember the last time. Not only is the um, not only is the country lost, but the state is completely lost. So now this is interesting. The North Kingstown Town Council is set to release the judge's report regarding that Aaron Thomas. The uh, fat, um, naked fat test coach. Town Council later today public release 80 page review by the retired judge. Council president said the report will include a series of recommendations for the school committee. Be posted at five o'clock. Town Council hired uh, Justice Susan McGurl to review it. This has been going on for the fall. Boy, folks, look how long this stuff lasts. I mean, it is just, but listen, the, the real problem is there's, NK is going to be the hook on this. There's going to be lawsuits. There's going to be continued lawsuits. Uh, I'm not saying, by the way, that that's a bad thing because it never should have happened. 
Um, remember, there's one member of the media that continues to defend the naked fat test coach. And in a situation like that, silence is compliance. You know, people will remember who it was that was mocking the whole thing, you know, and saying, boy, if that was me, me and my friends would have laughed. So there was uh, that whole thing is bizarre. But there's always a pattern of people that want to say, you know, I don't want to get involved. Uh, I don't know. And I don't want to know. Now, I also just want to mention this January 6th stuff. Um, my question remains the same. What are the hearings for the BLM riots of the summer of 2020? You know, was, um, was some of the conduct wrong? Obviously, it was wrong. You know, there was also, there was a lot of drinking that day that I haven't heard people highlight enough. People were frustrated. It did become the mob mentality. Uh, but, but where they completely fail is that President Trump somehow was organizing a coup. As I've said in the past, and I almost, you know, part of this, I don't really like to get into it because it's, we're just, they just, this to me is all a distraction because of how poorly Biden is doing. I think it's several things. I also think the Democrat Party, they are wildly afraid of President Trump running again in 2024. But if this had been an actual attempted insurrection coup, well, the hardest thing would have been just getting into the building. And the way that they got into the building, not only were they able to get into the building, but they could have been, they could have entered the Capitol with weapons. You know, you see Dominic Pazul and others smashing the window, then people climbing through the windows. They could have had weapons on them. If this were a true coup, they had the number of people that could have gone into the Capitol on January 6th. They could have could have had a chance to take hostages if they wanted to. They could have sectioned off part of the building and then started a series of like, you know, done a live stream, go on social media, say we have control of the building. We have hostages. When you see inside the Senate chambers, there's like one security guard and there's 15 to 20 guys. So I'm just saying they had rope ties. They could have Zip ties, excuse me. They probably could have knocked that guy down, taking him hostage, if they had intended to actually do that. You know what you see in the video they're not showing? That he's saying, listen, you got to get out of here now. You can't be in here. You got to get out of here. You see people taking selfies. Um, You know, listen, it it was a, and I'm going to go with that coach that said, did they burn down the Capitol? No. Did they break some windows? Yes, in an attempt to get into the building. But compare that to the $2 billion worth of damage that was done the summer of 2020 when they were smashing windows. Did they loot anything? The people that looted got caught. That guy in, from Florida that stole the Nancy Pelosi lectern or whatever, you know, he, uh, he was then in jail. They were penalized. They were arrested. Um, you go back to that summer when they were, you know, Antifa, BLM protesters ripping down monuments They were outside the White House. President Trump had to go down into the bunker at the White House. Where's the trial on that crew? Where's the trial with Chuck Schumer? You know, telling people to go after the Supreme Court justices. You know what else I've noticed is that um, Vice President Harris, who I just, I can't stand just because I think she's incredibly incompetent. But they cannot make it through a sentence without using the word fight. Everything is fight. Everything is and we're going to fight. Everything is we've been fighting and we're fighting. Yeah, they, they never can mention any type of speech without the word fight somehow contained in the speech. Uh, folks, this portion of the John DePietro show on this Monday is brought to you by J. Perry Paving. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. 20 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, patios, general masonry projects. J. Perry Paving. If you've been thinking about having maybe your driveway paved or a patio. Folks, J. Perry Paving, call them today for a free quote, free estimate, 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730, letter J, J. Perry Paving. Residential, commercial, seal coating, and patios. 
J. Perry Paving, licensed and insured contracting company, committed to meeting their clients' needs, affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway, you can depend on J. Perry Paving, 401 732 1730 401 732 1730 J. Perry Paving. Folks, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on the AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. It is Monday. Um, the uh, voting next hour, I will give you the latest a little bit on the, the missing person case continues. Charlotte Lester case. Uh, I am going to talk about that a little bit next hour. I don't know what to make of someone sent me something saying now there's another missing person. Well, there's a difference between a silver alert where the police say that there is someone who has wandered off who could be a silver alert and then someone that's truly a missing person case. So I have not heard about um, anything um, about a, a missing. I don't see anything in the media about that, about a missing person case. So I'll, I'll try to, someone sent me that. There's um, there's a um, big difference between a, a silver alert, which is when an, an older person who might have dementia, Alzheimer's, what have you, wanders away. Uh, there's a difference between that, an amber alert, and then there's a difference of a missing person. Someone that has not been heard from, has not been seen, and then suddenly can't be located. So there is a little bit of a difference. I'll try to get to the bottom of that. Um, whoever the law enforcement is, they certainly haven't put anything out about that. So I'm not sure what to to make of that. But there there is a difference. Charlotte Lester is missing. She was last seen on, it's been a month, it was Monday night, May 16th. So right now, she is a missing person who then suddenly, you know, we find her dog and then we find her truck. But that is a true missing person. Um, I don't know enough information about the, uh, the other individual. And I haven't, I haven't seen anything about it. You could certainly send it to me. Um, there's no shortage of ways to get a hold of me, either on the website or through Facebook or whatever it may be. So, now, folks, also, I, I fully understand not everyone gets it with the voting. Um, <clears throat> again, I come back to trying to make an argument, and I'm not trying to throw the Republican Party under the bus. But the Republican Party, they're the ones, members of the Republican Party in both the Senate and also in the House. Jessica De La Cruz in the state Senate and Blake Filippi and Mike Chippendale and uh, Brian Newberry, they have the opportunity to speak about some of this legislation on the House floor and then people like State Senator Jessica, Jessica De La Cruz have a, they, they get the opportunity to talk about it on the floor of the Senate. Whatever their arguments are about the voting, it's, it's clearly not resonating. And they're not, I, I would also just argue they're not making the argument enough. Because what I, I just posted yesterday, I will do a story about that. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. But the fact they're already sending out mail ballot applications is, is just ridiculous. Um, it, it's also, there's different types of ballots now. So think about that. This is all for the September 13th primary. They are destroying Election Day. There's no more Election Day. They're changing the language. They're making it very easy for people to just, I choose to vote by mail. Um, I don't think it should be allowed. What, why? Why? Why can't you just go and vote on Election Day? Well, I'm busy. I work. A lot of people work. And on Election Day, they go to the polls before they go to work. Or they go at lunchtime, or they go after work, or they could, you know, then they should be passing legislation that employers have to let people out an hour earlier on election day to vote. Something like this. But all this early voting, it waters down, it undermines our process. Um, this business of they're making it too easy. And what this is really doing now, these mail ballot applications, is people... 
I want you to understand this. They, they repeat, they'll never go near the polls. They don't have to go near the polls. It's all happening behind the scenes. Um, it, it's also, as I demonstrate, all you have to do is put an X. That serves as a signature. So for them to say, well, there has to be signature verification, it's an X. Is it, is it really tough to screw up an X? Um, I choose to vote by mail. Send my mail ballot to the address listed above. If you want your mail ballot sent to your local board of canvases, indicate the address in box B. So that's another option. So what I also find interesting is they have your information and then they have address where your mail ballot is to be sent. Why do they have someone's mail ballot sent to a different address? How come that? Why is this allowed? You have your information, my name, right? Juan, home address. I always say five Manton Avenue, Providence, Rhode Island. Email address, blah, blah, blah. Then they have address where your mail ballot is to be sent. Why? I repeat, why is the mail ballot sent to a different address? Why isn't it sent to your home address? I don't know. But one thing, boy, this would this is what they claim scares people away from filling out a fraudulent ballot. I declare the all the information I provide in this form is true and correct. Ready? To the best of my knowledge. To the best of my knowledge. I'm a qualified registered voter. If unable to sign because of physical incapacity or otherwise, an applicant should make his or her their mark X. Well, you can easily do that. To the best of my knowledge, voters' oath and signature. Does that really sound like that would frighten someone away? Hmm. Then on the next page, they have notice the applicant. Then they have, and it's really tiny print. Guilty of a felony. And as I mentioned last hour, no one has ever, I repeat, no one has ever been charged with that or convicted of it. To me, that just tells me it has no teeth. To me, that also tells me there's no one even looking for it. The fact that this was put through, and what this means is you could go online to the Secretary of State's website have a mail ballot application sent to you now or somewhere else. Um, and then, boom, the voting is underway. You're going to get your mail ballot application. And then it could just be dropped in a drop box. It really doesn't have to go in the mail. So does that sound like democracy to anyone that's listening? That this early people can start voting? For the September 13th primary. Folks, it's 1259. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. Next hour is radio only. Now, I'm going to have the latest on these January 6th hearings. Uh, Also, the latest on the Charlotte Lester missing person case. Again, you can listen AM 1380, 99.9 FM, or you can listen online at the website, dipetro.com. The Power Hour is next. We have another full hour to go. We're going to be back on the other side after the 1 o'clock news.